You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Wednesday, so it's time for Wayne on Wednesday. And Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at FMB Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg. Wayne, what extraordinary times we live in. I was talking to a portfolio manager this morning and I said at the end of the conversation, which was all very proper uh, about, you know, asset classes and market movements and all sorts of things. And I just said, how do you feel about in 2022 talking about a war in Europe? And and he sort of said, you know, I was thinking exactly the same thing. And, and, and yeah. aside from the market market implications, Wayne, you must look back and say, this is extraordinary. I mean, we've had strife in South Africa and now strife in Europe. I mean, what on earth is going on? No, it is quite something. But remember, they invaded uh, Crimea, oh, I don't know how many years ago. So this is not a new thing for Russia with the ex-satellite states. But it is extraordinary. However, the financial implications and the sanction implications on Russia this time around are truly severe. They really are. I mean, to be cut off from the SWIFT international payment system, I mean, ultimately that's death for your economy because you can't import, you can't export, your banks can't settle. I mean, forget about all the other sanctions and oil and gas sanctions and product sanctions. If your banking system can't settle with overseas counterparties, no one's trading with you. Yes. That, that, that's just life. And I know the stock market is closed, and they've specifically closed it. But wasn't it down 40 or 50% in a day? Yes, it was. And in all of assets of many, many people, many rich people, many influential people have been frozen. And the central banks own however many billion, I don't know, was it 600 billion of foreign exchange reserves mm. have been frozen. You cannot continue. You will kill the economy. And ultimately, it's the economy and money in people's pockets and food on the table that's actually bigger than any political event, no matter how popular you might think you are, and no matter how much of a state apparatus you've got to enforce your will and your uh, policies, Ultimately, the economy talks, and that's why. And that's why. That's why communism fell. Was because the economy just couldn't sustain it, and ultimately, it was people's livelihoods that brought down communism. And certainly, the the communist party in China was critically aware of this and saw the example, and they liberalized the economy so people didn't care that much about politics as long as they were economically stable and thriving and growing and food on the table and were able to pursue their own interests economically speaking they didn't even worry they didn't even challenge the communist party because you know it was okay their lives were reasonably good in comparison to the past so you know the, it truly is unsustainable from an economic viewpoint no matter what putin might think and no matter what russian might think no matter how much they flex their muscles it is ultimately unsustainable given this level of sanctions. The same thing, ultimately, they brought down apartheid. It was just 
you just couldn't afford it anymore. And they've got 630 billion US dollars estimated in foreign reserves, and that includes gold, I think. And I think they'll start selling gold. But uh, how do they sell gold? They can't sell it on exchanges because their accounts are barred. Yeah. Um, gold, gold's it? a funny thing. It's a bit like Bitcoin. Mm. It's old-fashioned Bitcoin. There's always a buyer. You might not get the price but, you want, but, how do you, but it's non-traceable. It's it? not... I mean, the point is you can sell whatever you like in, in theory. But on the other hand, no one's going to buy Russian gold because they well, can't no buy Well, no one officially is going to buy it. No. But I suppose China no, might uh, buy it or North Korea might know, buy uh, it or uh, Belarus yeah. might buy it, but even they can't. So well, how do they liquidate their $630 billion worth of reserves in order to uh, prop up the local economy, which has just been… Well, the reserves they can't liquidate. The gold might be, gold is fungible. You can sell it on the black market. There's a black market for gold. It always has been, always will be. At a discount. So that will move at a discount. Yeah, no, we're, not, we're not saying what the clearing price is. But at a, at a discount, the other assets are very, very difficult to actually offload. Mm. So, I mean, they may go the, let's call it the Argentinian route and just literally print money. But ultimately, that will bite them worse than anything else because inflation will just go through the roof and eventually the currency becomes worthless. So that is also an unsustainable policy. And no matter what we may think, and no matter how, and, and, and I, I get how, Putin is portrayed in most of the, um, you know, the, the news programs I follow. You know, he is a total and utter villain, and he's a dictator and he's a tyrant. But it is still a democracy, no matter how much he squashes the opposition and no matter how much he sends the police out when there's riots. It is not a totalitarian state. It is still a democracy. But it's not because the the, the person that is his his main rival. Um, his main democratic rival has been put in prison, so that yeah, but but it's it still you know it it hasn't quite look the totalitarian state of the the old mother Russia USSR couldn't survive a popular uprising. Putin's position is far less powerful than what the old communist Russia was, when your economy is collapsing. So it is it is unsustainable. So either he's going to drive the whole of Russia into the absolute dust, economically speaking. Yes. Or you'll have to pull out. You'll have to, I don't know how you can never say face from something like that if, 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 if you are a tyrant, but it is truly unsustainable over time. Yeah, but uh, as as we've said before, um, the, the, this chap is so desperate now. He's 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 the international pariah. So no one's going to yeah. deal with him, and no one's going to deal with any Russian companies. All these oligarchs are fleeing and um, yeah. distancing themselves. I mean, uh, the classic case is Roman Abramovich, who yeah. looted state assets uh, and gave uh, he gave. Uh, Putin, a 33 million US dollar yacht uh, and, and gifted him. And he's been funding him for, for so many years now. He suddenly disappeared as the owner of Chelsea. Uh, still the owner yeah. of Chelsea, but he will have to go. Um, and there's so many other oligarchs in, in the UK that will also have their assets seized, I think, yes. as this goes. So there's, there are so many different tentacles to this octopus. Uh, but yeah. um, it's... You know, um, you, what, what you might find is he might declare, you know, declare victory and retreat. I don't think so. I think he's going to do something really, really silly. He's um, he's 70 years old. He is a dictator, as he quite rightly said. He is a villain. And he's probably going to... Although 
he can't see it via the media because the media has all been closed down in Russia. Independent radio stations and TV stations are all closed down. People get arrested when they protest in the streets. So he's not going to know in his isolation what the real um, depth of of disgust is. That's actually very true. I read an article Mm. about that saying it's very typical of the tyrant. You surround yourself with yes men and, and servants and no one who challenges your position or challenges your view. And then that's the only feedback you get. So he will say, can we invade the Ukraine? And they'll say, yeah, easy. Of course. Will the West do something about it? They'll say, no, of course no, not. They're too scared. Not. Too scared of you, you Mr. Know, so Putin. Oh, well, then, then we can do it. And then you see the ultimate, you know, implications of it. And, you know, even, even communist China can't do what they like anymore. Mm. You know, I can remember the 1990s, and this is factual, Yes. One of the central bank governors from one of the provinces disobeyed the ruling of the main central bank to stop issuing credit or something like that. And they actually tried him and shot him. Hmm. You know, that was his punishment for not following the policy. Now, I doubt if communist China can even do that any, any anymore. You know, things are different from the 90s. The world is different from the 90s. I mean, I remember... One of my regrets in life is I went to Frankfurt just after the wall fell. So it was in 1991. Yes. And I went to a conference there. Yeah. And I only had one spare day. And I looked at the train timetables and I just couldn't make it through to Berlin to go and see Eastern Berlin or Eastern Europe just after the wall fell. So I went to Cologne instead. And I, and I regret not having seen what you know, a communist country looked like. I've, I've been to Russia um, since then, but of course, you know, how long ago was that? You know, 20 years after the wall fell, I went to Russia. And then, of course, things are vastly different. Yeah. Okay. Um, Wayne, we've, what we've got to look at now is um, what's happened um, recently. Uh, trading updates and results from the JSC Securities yeah. Exchange listed companies. Uh, six month, um, half year ends and year ends to the end of December. Year, There's yeah. been some really yes. terrific uh, performances. And I was speaking to somebody Great. about that and they focused on property. They focused on retailers and also banks and also insurers, financials. And they said these are the ones... Uh, this is a company that looks at uh, updates and says if there's an update uh, which is better than our projected update, then we start to have a look at the, these companies. And they said mm-hmm. there's been so many of them, and yes. it's, it's so exciting for South Africa. But also, I want to look at this as well. I have a look at a share called Sassel. I don't know if mm-hmm. you're familiar with it. 400 bucks. Four hundred rand a share. And let's say yes, that it was. Bucks. Let's say it was twenty rand a share, just to round it's things rand. off. Twenty-one rand sixty-two. Exactly, but let's call it twenty. So it's gone from twenty yeah. to four hundred. And I can't do the mathematics. When it was twenty-one sixty-two, you couldn't find a buyer. At four hundred, you can't find a seller. Find this a seller. is where you sell Sassel. Surely, I mean the the theory of it, anyway. The theory of it, yes. Now, I wouldn't sell Sassel simply because it's Sassel and it's 400 Yes. But $110 oil price is unsustainable. $112. This is driven by very specific, very specific reasons. And the reason why I say that is there's no shortage of oil. There's an artificial shortage, and now there's a political event pushing oil. But physical oil, there's no shortage. It might take six months for 
Saudi Arabia or whoever to increase output. But remember, they, they have been restricting output for the last couple of years. So there's no shortage of oil. And of course, at 110, the U.S. shale, you know, the, the potential output virtually doubles. Yes. Because that's a very marginal operation. So I wouldn't be surprised by the end of the year if oil is 60, 70, not 180. Exactly. So sell, uh, sell Sassel because so it so come then, back so to 250. I'll, I'll, I would think about selling Sassel on that premise, not just because it's Sassel and it's at 400. Hmm. But I was very fortunate I bought Sassel at about 26 bucks. No, don't talk nonsense. Are you, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, did, have, have you still got it? Yeah. No. I got scared and sold at 70. <laughs> But no one's ever jumped out of a building for taking profits too soon. No, you never go broke taking a profit. That's what somebody once said yeah. to me. Okay, good. So you've um, you went from twenty six to seventy, and now it's um. And I thought that I thought I was four hundred. So one that's four hundred bucks. Mm. Anyway, that's love. Okay, uh, Woolies today. Tell me about Woolies. Yes, once again Australia bit them. Mm. And this time it wasn't their fault. It wasn't the business that was doing bad. It was these massive, as we well know, these massive COVID restrictions in Russia mm. because of the Omicron variant. I mean, they closed the economy down. Look, they are an island, a very big island, but they are an island and they tried to restrict the spread of, of, of the disease and they lost 70% of their operations, lost something like 30% of their trading days. Something like that. I mean, it, it was, you know, a shocker. SA operations did okay, but I mean, I think it's I think it's Checkers Shoprite. Yes, but someone's eating Woolworths lunch because they I mean they were okay, but not spectacular like Shoprite and Spa and most most other South African companies. The SA operations did better than expected. Woolworths were okay. Right. Now, I know the online grew 22% and it's now 16 or 17% of total turnover. It's still small. And I like Woolworths. I shop at Woolworths often. I like going through and looking at their shelves because even though they take products off, as soon as you like them, it's off the shelf. But the other, I haven't got You're over my salt and pepper you, calamari. You still haven't got over that squid my story, have you? salt and pepper calamari. I still haven't got over that deeply scarred <laughs> for life by that. But let's put that aside now. We're grown up. We're adults around you. Of course we are. Let's put that aside. Mm -hmm. But the other side of changing, of taking so many products off the shelves, is they put new ones on the shelves. Yes. So I like to look at Woolies because you see – quite a wide selection of new product that you can say, oh, that looks nice. Let me try this. Let me try that. And, and okay, give me, well, give me one example that has is, uh, is, uh, uh, taken your fancy recently, Wayne. Which new they product has come on the shelves that you little, like? Because you're a, you're little, a gourmand. You're, a, you're, you're an Epicurean. Yeah. Little pancakes with bacon and cheese in them. And you heat them up in the microwave and the cheese goes all melty. It is delicious. And if you've got some cheese sauce to put in it or even any sort of sauce, a mushroom sauce or a pepper sauce, Don't you worry about your cholesterol levels and your, your small colon? No, I, I, I went for a full medical checkup yes. three weeks ago, four weeks ago, full yes. medical checkup. Okay. Luckily enough, hundreds, cholesterol, blood pressure, 
whatever they test, took blood, took at rest, heart thing, and after exercise, the exercise just about killed me. After exercise, heartbeat, all of these things, and it's hundreds. Now, I live a notoriously unhealthy lifestyle. I avoid exercise Good. like the plague. Quite right. Uh, I, it's it's got to be truly an exceptional set of circumstances, like when I'm just about to get run down crossing the road, <laughs> will I run? Okay. Or if the ice cream truck is going up the road in Kaya Sands, Go and catch him. I, may, I may run to catch the ice cream truck, but mm. that's about – as far as my exercise goes. It's a very sound so policy. I'm extremely mm. fortunate in that I clearly have a good gene pool. Okay, what about the lungs? What about the lungs situation and the smoking? Did they did they test your uh, your your capacity to ingest and, and expel air? The, the whole shooting match. So okay. look, we're all going to die of something. Yeah, I know, but you can die in a less distressing way uh, by maybe stop, stopping smoking. I no, don't know. I mean, I'm, I, not, I'm not I, dictating I, to you. I'm I just saying. You, I, no, I, I, I fully realize that it's a filthy, disgusting, dirty habit. Yes. That is extremely dangerous. Filthy. Mm. But God damn it, it's nice. Disgusting. I know. You it's know, nice. Sometimes. I mean, I saw somebody the other you, day. You, you, you're clearly an ex-smoker. I really am an ex-smoker. And I saw somebody the other yep. day um, sparking up a, a, a cigarette. And it looked so nice. And I, I almost wanted to say to this bloke, I said, would you mind if I, I, I lit it for you? Just, Obviously, I wouldn't do yeah. that because that sounds a yeah, little no, bit I weird. You. But you, you know what I mean? It, yes, I am an ex-smoker. Yeah, no, I got you on that one. It's lovely. No, it, I, I got you. I got you. I got you on on that one. But coming back to companies now. Right. So Woolies, <laughs> Woolies didn't do that well domestically. Mm. As far as I can see, they Food sales went slightly backwards in real terms. Mm. Now, as we were saying, Woolworths, their online grew 22% and it's now 14 or 15% of total sales. But my personal experience is Checkers 6060 knocks the Woolworth app flat. Yeah, I mean, the Checkers 6060 truly works so efficiently. And the product, the, uh, the, the, the product range is also equal to, to to Woolworths. I know you like going to the Woolworths because of the experience and you're familiar with the brand. Yeah. But uh, Checkers has has caught up. If you go to Checkers on the ground floor at Santon City, for example, their flagship uh, store, yes. it's it's as good as any Woolworths, I think. Yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that per se, and I'm not saying the quality of what you're getting is 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 any different at mm. Checkers or Pick and Pay. Mm. But the way it's presented in Woolworths, I think Woolworths still has got the edge. Okay. The little Woolworths not giving you a plastic bag drives me insane because I've got a boot full of black Woolworths bag. Because every time you go to Woolworths, you forget to take your bags with. Mm. And then you buy another three or four. And I saw a very funny thing on Twitter. Some chap had made a whole outfit out of his excess Woolworths bags. It was actually terribly cute. I mean, obviously it was a, a bit of a spoof mm. and a bit of a laugh, but that's how he, so I've got a whole bag full, a whole boot full of excess Woolworths bags. Well, but yeah, be that as it may. Maybe the, you could upholster one of your Jaguars with the Woolworths bags. Maybe I'll know. put a Woolworths in one of my Jags, yeah. Exactly. Now, with my, my Woolworths bag carries spares. It's got tools in it. I, you know, anyway, I just... Went on, on, 
What do you think yeah. about Woolworths? I mean, after the results, would you start like to Woolworths. have a look at it? Would you like to have a look at it? Yeah. Not as a retail uh, a retail uh, customer, but as a retail investor or yeah. an institu institutional investor. It's still investor. a high-quality company. Mm. It's a high-quality company that will bounce back. I mean, they will answer their competition. They always have. Retail in South Africa is extremely competitive. And as long as the SA retailers don't go overseas, I mean, with exception, SPA has been, by and large, very successful overseas. But as long as they don't go overseas and try and do something, or maybe even not even overseas, maybe even in the rest of Africa, because it also hasn't worked out too well for quite a few players. You know, the SA retailers answer the competition eventually, because otherwise you don't stay in business. And Woolworths has still got, I think, some competitive edge, but... Truly, I think they've got to jack up their online ordering. So the only time I've ever had problems with Checkers 6060, I tried to order some stuff, mm. and it kept rejecting, rejecting, rejecting until I worked that I was paying with a credit card that had expired. So it was your fault? Yeah, it's my fault, yeah. Okay. Um, before we go on to food matters, uh, PSG, that's been a big announcement this week. Yes. The PSG unbundling. No, truly, a, truly a big announcement. Very progressive as well, I think. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, they just said, we don't mind a 5% discount to underlying value. We don't maybe mind a 10% discount to underlying value. But a 20 plus percent discount to underlying value, there's just huge potential to make money. Close the discount, which is exactly what they've done. Yeah. Now, the only negative comment to this side is that PSG has made its name by listing some incredibly successful businesses, of which Capitec is by far the most successful. Yeah. You know, Stadio and Curo had great potential, but they unfortunately haven't really lived up to expectations. And to be honest, I don't know Carp Agri uh, well enough. I, I've just somehow never had a look at the company. And, and that's been their success. So taking startups, nurturing them, getting them out the system. Now, the only negative to being unlisted is that you don't have access to, to the big capital markets. You know? Yes. Because they're saying, they're saying, well, even being listed, we haven't got access to the big capital markets. Because who on earth is going to issue shares at a 20% discount? Are you crazy? And I agree with them on that. So now they're going back to their roots. They're going back to unlisted businesses. they still going to list one business and you know sometimes the description people put on things is a little bit odd like uh, you know a person who sells nuts and bolts calls themselves fast fastener solutions and they just I sell nuts and bolts yes so they've got some business where it facilitates the market participation so i think it's an online platform type of thing that they've got but they're going to list that and then unbundle it and then they're going to concentrate on many startups that they've got and put the money into the startups. Okay. What's happening is that it has um, um, not demystified, but uncomplicated the whole structure. Yes. Which, which is a good thing because people don't like complications. It's what Nasperson process yeah. should be doing and will do in the future because they can't close discounts here and there between they Hong Kong. They cannot close discounts. Exactly. Now, there's one big difference. There's mm. one big difference. What is that? is that the businesses that PSG has brought to the market and matured 
Stadio, Carp Agri, um, Curo, and Capitec are self-standing businesses that don't need the cash. Process and NASPAFs's unlisted businesses need the cash desperately that they get from Tencent to bring those businesses up to profitability. So they cannot do this unbundling yet. Okay. They and can't do it. Understood, and it's a it's a process will go on. I mean, it's a much much bigger company, obviously, or rather a big conglomeration process. Naspers, uh, Tencent, and all the cross holdings and and everything yes. else. But okay, Wayne, um, thanks for your insight on that. Uh, I want to talk to a little bit about food now because um, mm. I uh, I bought two tickets for the Dutch um, national postcode lottery, which is you know you, you you give them your postcode and they have a draw every month, and you can win you can million win millions of euros or you can just win some stuff and I won last month uh, two boxes oh, yeah I've got two tickets both uh, they they cost 14 euros 50 and I, I like that sort of thing I mean it's 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 it's, uh, it's something to look forward to <laughs> in another way yeah. because you know that you know life. that story mm, that lotteries on. were designed for people who don't understand statistics well, I don't understand statistics, so it's designed for well, me. Well, that's why you're buying it, yeah. Precisely. Anyway, the but point anyway, is, you won. You won. I won two won. boxes of food, and they said we're going to deliver it on this date, and true to form, the Dutch delivered it on that date. But anyway, I got all this food, and it's beautiful. It's uh, it was it was peanut butter and um, uh, and biscuits and tomato sauce and uh, uh, coffee and tea and all that, all that sort of thing. But every single item was, as they say in the du in Dutch, bio, in other words, uh, biological and um, organic. What is your attitude yeah. towards that? For example, if you go to a butcher, do you care whether you know that the animal has been brought up um, in, in, in a field and not in a, in a shed? What, are you, what is your attitude towards organic, yes free-range no. food? Yeah, yes and no. Okay. Certain things like chicken. Right. You, you, and, and maybe it's maybe the chicken we get that doesn't say organic and free-range is all the stuff that was frozen in America or wherever and filled up with brine and sent to us and has been deep frozen forever. That stuff's just not the same. It truly isn't. No. So chicken, I always, I never buy frozen chicken. I always buy fresh chicken and I always get free range chicken. On beef and lamb, I don't think it makes a difference. Although one of my activities in the last couple of weeks has been to go and fetch motor cars and spares all around the country. You've told me. And I told you about the four sheep last week. And you've, had to, you've, you've, you've had two breakdowns different. and both were successful yeah. breakdowns yeah. For, for various reasons. Yeah. Yeah. So... So there, other, otherwise, my daughter is ancient grain, quinoa, whatever that stuff is that, that, that I just can't even look at, let alone eat. Mm -hmm. um, she's heavily into that. And, and you know what? I, I went to a friend of mine for dinner the other night, and she prepared beef stroganoff, which is another long story. Uh, <laughs> She prepared beef stroganoff. Not her beef stroganoff isn't a long story. My That particular week, my association with beef stroganoff, and in fact, my association with beef stroganoff going back to my youth in Kimberley is another long story. But this lady had invited, there were 10 people, 10 or 12 guests for the evening. Yes. And she cooked three different versions of beef stroganoff. One was normal beef stroganoff. The second one was 
vegetarian beef stroganoff, and the third one was vegan beef stroganoff. Oh, okay, you, you've lost me now. So these were uh, meat substitutes, <laughs> beef stroganoffs, in other words. Yes, two of them. So she had to cook three lots of beef stroganoff. So I tried all three, yeah. and the vegan one was actually delicious. Right. I mean, it, it truly was delicious. Now, today, I had an... As I said, we've got no electricity at home yet. There's a power cable theft, and we haven't had electricity since 2 o'clock this morning, you know, and hopefully it comes on at 5. Every you know, week there's a problem with you, but anyway, go on. Yeah, so I had to go into the office. That You know that strange thing called the office? I haven't, um, I no I haven't come across the term my, my, for many, many years, yeah. but anyway, yes. Yeah, my my UPS system only gives you about five, six hours of power, then it dies. Mm-hmm. So I had to go into the office because I had no internet yet at home and my computer's batteries are running slow. So I shoot into the office. And interestingly enough, I had to go around the corner, down the side, up the little ramp to find parking. So there's lots of people back at the office. Because yeah. previously when I've gone there, you like park 20 meters from the entrance. So went into the office and I had a gap between one meeting or one TV interview and another TV interview. Yes. So I shot off to bed more to look around and get some for lunch. And there was a a rib restaurant there that sold ribs and hamburgers. And unfortunately, it's closed, but there's a vegan restaurant there. So I thought, I have never in my life tried this, so let me go. <laughs> and I had a crispy chicken burger, which is obviously a chicken substitute, Quite honestly, it was truly delicious. The problem is, Wayne, if you buy one of those uh, products, which, which I do, and I, I know it's expensive because the, the, these things attract a premium because people think that they're doing good. But in fact, when you have a look at the, if you, I mean, I go to my local Dutch supermarket and I look at the, they've got a whole vegan, um, non-meat substitute section. Uh, uh, section. It's, it's, it's a whole row of things. And I look at it and I pick up this thing up. And I look at it, and there's about 27 different ingredients. My policy is don't buy anything unless it's got less than four or five ingredients. And you, you read these things, you no, think, I well, you. I think I'd rather have the real thing as long as it's been carefully but, nurtured, like a, a cow or a sheep yeah. or a pig or something, than this thing, which has had so many additives that, I don't know, no, it may glow in the that. dark. I don't know. Uh, no, I, I, I get you on that. But look, and understand... It's a little bit like uh, electric vehicles, eh? This trend's not going away. No, it's not going away. It's just I have to be selective, and and so do you, Wayne. Um, but mm. um, yeah, thank you very much for your insight on both the markets and uh, f- food um, uh, food matters. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at FNB Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg, and that was Wayne on Wednesday. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.